Like, we have to do better. Um, and I'll be damned if I sit here and do nothing about it. Um, I will sp- continue to speak my mind. Hello there, my name is Carolina. Uh, my name is Jamie. And welcome to this conversation in which Jamie and I are going to discuss the social, political, and mental health implications of having a fat body within our society. Throughout Jamie's personal experience, we are going to delve into this taboo, trying to bring a more critical perspective on the oppressions that bigger bodies feel every day. In other words, this podcast is about fatness, social justice, and activism. So Jamie, I remember when we were uh, preparing this podcast, you corrected me right off the bat when I said the word obesity uh, as a concept to describe the topic that we are discussing today, right? Um, and you said that that was wrong, that I shouldn't say obesity, that I should say fat people or plus size. Uh, so I just want to share us a little bit more about why obesity is wrong uh, to address this issue so the word obesity it's not that it doesn't address it it addresses it wrongly um if that if that makes sense obesity is an is an illness it's an epidemic on our hands and by you putting that not you but people in general putting that derogatory meaning for that word just creates this stigma and this oppression and racism um And it stops people from getting the help, such as myself, from the help they actually need because the only answer they have is to lose weight. Well, it's really not that simple. If it was, we wouldn't have this epidemic on our hands. Mm -hmm. And I feel that um, after doing my own research that this word just describes like me as being animalistic and having these disgusting behaviors um, like ravenous and disgusting, which I'm not, I'm not a disgusting human being. I shower twice a day. Like I change my clothes at least three times a day. And like, it's just not an accurate representation representation of what this illness actually entails. And the more neutral term would be saying fat. Um, it has both negative and I guess you want to say positive. I don't know. I really struggle with that too, finding the word that best describes how I feel. Um, I don't think there is a right word, but there definitely are wrong ones. And for me, obese is wrong. Yeah, and thank you, Jamie, for that explanation. I do believe that wording makes a difference. It, it, it does matter, especially for social justice issues. It does matter how we approach and how we understand uh, the concepts that we use to address this kind of, of conditions. Uh, and obesity is definitely a strong word uh, that you already told us that that brings with it this negative meaning um, yeah, that you just explained. Uh, and to be honest, a fat person is not necessarily less healthy than someone skinny, right? It's not like, like it's very common for people to connect these two ideas of fat and unhealthy, right? And the whole condition is limited to, to this association. But, but that's not true always, right? That's not something that necessarily happens all the time. Exactly. And I'm not saying I'm healthy. 
But I'm also saying that like, it's also none of your business, like none of people's businesses, whether I'm healthy or not, you wouldn't go up to someone in a non marginalized body and say, should you be eating that? which I have had countless examples of people doing that to me. I literally get made fun of for breathing. If I'm breathing too loudly, people notice. If a, if a person in a, in a non-marginalized body um, would be out of breath, they would be like, oh, are you okay for me? Lose weight. It's not the same thing. Both are bad, but it's not the same. Jamie, like when you said marginalized bodies, can you please delve more into what this means what does marginalized body means so what um marginalized bodies means is bodies that are not being represented like when you go into a tv screen do you see yourself represented as a body type mm -hmm. i don't yes. i only see my body type represented as being the funny person the butt of the joke the mean person the disgusting person um all of which have negative connotations so how am i supposed to feel let alone how is a kid supposed to feel who is having those struggles they're going to be taught to hate themselves jamie you mentioned something before uh that i do want to bring to the forefront of this conversation and which i think it's at the core of today's discussion, and that is this advice that people, like even friends uh, and family members, give you when they say "eat less" or "you shouldn't eat that," right? When, like, they do, they say this as a as if it was a solution of what they see as your disease. So, I just want to ask you, like, when people give you this this advice, what is the first thing that comes to your mind? Like, what is What do you feel? Well, my first thing is to knock him in the face. <laughs> um, my, se my, second, my second instinct is, well, to give them a taste of their own medicine. And then my third thought is, well, maybe they're right. Maybe that would be just the easy answer. Why can't I just do this? And then it just goes into this vicious cycle. Well, I'm disgusting. I shouldn't be alive. How could I do this to myself? So the blame gets put on me and I internalize it. I internalized it for my entire life. I've hated my body for my entire life. Why? Because I was made to feel that I was the most disgusting person on earth because of something out of my control. And in turn, it did the opposite of what people wanted it to do by them just saying, go for a walk. You shouldn't be eating this. Why are you doing that? It then turned into my me using it as negative self-talk for why am I not good enough? So next time people want to do that, What are your intentions? Are you doing it only because you are scared of what that person actually might be like? Or are you scared of your own insecurities and your own judgments and you're putting it on this person who is vulnerable? Or do you really want to help them out by and you should be educating and taking a different approach on helping them because if you told me just to go for a walk it's not gonna freaking cure everything like 
if you really wanted to help, you take the time to listen to what the person is actually saying. Mm -hmm. And you take the time to educate yourself properly, Mm -hmm. not whatever is easily available. Because if you, if you have educated yourself, right. And you're still saying to go for a walk, fine. But that's not really the answer anymore. I, that, that doesn't do it for me. It does just lose weight. Doesn't cut it. It, What it's actually saying is you are not good enough. Therefore you need to change. So you're saying that like listening becomes an ally for those who want to be supportive is the, the right approach to to be supportive and to to be with you, right? Uh, without a stigmatization or oppression. And I think these two words are very important as well in this conversation, especially we're talking about social justice issues, um, the oppression that fat bodies feel every day in their lives. What can you tell us about about this oppression and as well and this recent movement um, that's called body positivity. Okay, so basically, from my knowledge and my lived experience, um, I'm all for body positivity. Now, what body positivity means? It was um, pretty much um, started by marginalized Black disabled women. Um, that's who the movement was started by them starting the movement. Um, they then saw that there were other ethnic groups that had marginalized bodies. So they, they shared the movement with me and other people just who were in these marginalized bodies. Um, people are dying, um, because doctors are mistreating Um, patients based on their weight and they're dying because they actually have issues beside their weight. I've read an article that a woman died on the table with cancer because the doctors blamed her weight. And that's not the first story I've heard. Um, They're dying because we can't get the medical treatment we so desperately need because we're so desperately stigmatized and oppressed. Um, I've heard from other people that it's basically a different form of racism. And I feel that we as a society, um, a society of bigger people are oppressed. Um, And I can't see that, I can't see it happen to myself. And I can't see that happening for the younger generation ahead of me. I never want anyone to suffer um, like I did. I have almost died countless times because of being misdiagnosed, um, by being forced to have surgery, um, being forced to lose weight, even though that wasn't the answer. Um, Again, in clothing stores, we have to pay more for our clothes. Mm -hmm. We don't have accurate representation for us in clothing stores. So that means we should just go naked. No, we are forced to go online and buy things we don't like because there simply isn't anything available. And we have to pay more for our clothes. Technically, it's using more fabric. That's bullshit. Um, We should not have to pay more for our clothes because of things. I'm not saying all of it is in my control, but most of it is not in my control. I have a genetic disorder along with 
huge mental health um, crisis. I don't know, diagn- mm-hmm. diagnosed, whatever it may be, that were all hidden because the medical field blamed my weight. Um, and I almost died countless times because of that. Um, nobody should have to pay more for their clothes because of what society says. You should pay more for your clothes because they want to make money. That's fair, but not because there isn't anything else available. That's just not right. In the, in, in the medical field with vaccines, when they're doing studies, I've, um, Hannah talks bodies. This is who I'm getting a lot of my information from. I sent you the links as well. They don't accurately represent fat people in their studies. There's a lot of other people that they don't represent too, but me and my experiences are with fat people. They don't um, double dose it for people's weights. They don't underdose it. They don't represent fat people in their studies because of the oppression we face. Um, There's people are bullied and stigmatized for simply existing in a body. Um, And it's come to recent light that the body positivity movement has been taken over by non-marginalized bodies and people are pissed. Um, I understand why they're pissed because there are people literally dying because of it and to have another body it's great to love your body it's great to stand up for um insecurities and bullying and all that stuff but when someone's lives are when people's lives are at stake it's not okay yeah especially when statistics from most countries around the globe uh, show that between 20 to 40 percent of their population um are fed and require more attention and support, not only addressing the physical conditions, but also the mental health, the genetics, uh, the psychological causes, as you, as you have just shared uh, with us, as has been your, your experience, right? And it, man, like we need to stop the mistreatment, right? So many people suffering, so many people having these diagnoses that are wrong, that are just misleading them and and creating even more suffering. Um, So it's, yeah, and and thank you for for that. Thank you for showing us and kind of like opening our eyes um, that this is more, this is way beyond doing diets, right? It's more about the social care and more, uh, we need to start uh, asking uh, the social care system to have a more holistic approach. And following on this, I just want to ask you, like, what approaches or programs uh, would you like to see more or would you like to have um, from the social care system? So there are different approaches. Um, I think that whatever works for you is great. One of them being diets. If it works for you, great. But I know countless people who it hasn't worked for. And they spend their whole lives wishing they could be somebody else. And that's not how I want to live my life. Um, What does work for me is structure. Structure works for me. And I was fortunate enough that my parents um, funded me Um, to go to an eating disorder inpatient program. Now, there's lots of problems in that, but I literally had to push my way through 
of being a fat person with an eating disorder. Like that's not okay. I, there wasn't like, I had to make a space for myself. There should mm-hmm. already be a damn space there. Fat people have eating disorders. Um, they have it. I would even go on the brim of saying more than not even more. It's, a di- it's hard. It's not more, but we eating disorders don't get the recognition they deserve, but being in a fat body with an eating disorder, it's zero. Absolutely none. It's just, you need to lose weight. You need to have surgery. And there are huge, huge risks in having surgery. You could die on the table from the anesthetics. How is that the only solution? It's not. The government just doesn't want to fund anything else. Um, There needs to be a solution-based program for A, people who can't afford surgery because surgery costs money. The diet, whatever the, the, the plan they meal plan they put you on that costs money. There needs to be an alternative without putting it solely on the patient um, to get the help that they need. And intuitive eating, um, recognizing when you're full, but also recognizing when you're hungry. Having a balance of both dense foods and not and non dense. And what dense foods are, it's basically taking the morality of what food means. Food is not good or bad. If I eat a chocolate chip cookie, I'm not a bad person. Mm -hmm. If I eat 10 chocolate chip cookies, I'm not a bad person. Yes, I'll feel like shit and I don't want to eat the cookies um, again, but Mm -hmm. the hell am I going to say that makes me a bad person? And that's what the media has brought. And that's what the media and that's what um, society has told us that you're a bad person because you eat too much. I'm not a terrible person because I have a problem. Yes, it's my it's my problem, but it's not my fault. It's not my fault. Mm-hmm. And that's taking me years to freaking realize that it's not my fault. I still some days think it's my fault, but it's not like I have a medical illness that is being mistreated um, and has been stigmatized and is being oppressed. Um, and that's it. Like it is not my fault. Um, and even countless doctors and countless people in medical profession, um, jobs, teachers have all made it seem like it was my fault, which it's not, mm-hmm. it's not. Um, and for anyone who does listen to this, it's not your fault either. Like, yes, you're the one that has to deal with it. And, but not to be so hard on yourself when it, diets don't work because they fucking don't work. Um, I've been on Jenny Craig. I've been on Weight Watchers. I've been on a starvation diet. I've, I've had bulimia, which basically tells me, well, if I eat this, then I can purge it later and lose weight. And I was praised for it. Mm-hmm. I am praised for having it. Well, oh, that will help you lose weight faster. That's, which that's is not the case. Yeah. That's, it's like, not. Like, my doctor's like, do you really have that? Are you sure? I don't oh believe you. Like, what am I supposed to say? You're right. Like, I don't know. I was freaking 17 at the time. Yeah, and confused, like, especially, like, like we don't know much information different from the medical research or even the lives, the healthy lifestyle blogs that are, like, 
pouring in social media. And this is, Jamie, what I think that other disciplines such as political science, anthropology, arts, like you name it, but this conversation is shedding light at this is not only about like medical condition, right? It is a multidisciplinary issue um, that needs more attention from other di- fields of study. Um, for instance, media studies, right? Like I can only imagine the role of social media, right? Both positive and negatively speaking, like has on that this social media has on, on fat people and the debate that we are talking today. What can you tell us about this, the role that social media has on, on fat people and all these uh, movement of body positivity? Especially from your own personal experience, like you do have a very successful TikTok account uh, and from which you have started to advocate in favor of plus size bodies and, and, and have you have started to show to your followers all the discussions of fatness and what does it feel to be fat in this society uh, and, and the exclusion that you feel in your daily life. So um, share with us just a little bit of, of that experience. Yes. So I'm going to be straight up and say that sometimes it is toxic. Um, I'm not even going to lie. Like me just posting my body, like I've gotten death threats and death wishes. Um, But then there's the other side of it, which is like this beautiful side of it where like I'm meeting people from all around the world. I get dozens and dozens of messages. Thank you for like standing up for the plus size community. Thank you for like being who you are. Thank you for helping me feel beautiful. And honestly, that's not my job to be quite frank. It would, it was me giving myself a voice when I thought no one could hear me. And if I'm doing that in turn, that is freaking amazing. That is beautiful. But that's not why I wanted to start. Where I wanted to start was I feel like shit about myself and I want people to see the real me. Um, And I've gotten that and so much more, but there's also this really hard side of it. Like where like, it's a very, very, very toxic to the point where like I get obsessed about it and like, I need to post a video so people will like me better. And that is the toxic side of it. I don't need to post a video for people to like me more. I need to get my voice out there. I need to get people to, I need to reach out and I want people to reach out to me too, but I don't need that validation. And that's something I'm struggling with. Um, Especially during this pandemic when we're stuck inside and all these new rules just came out today. It's hard. Um, so definitely balancing or defining that line. Where, why am I doing this? Um, am I doing it because I want, like, it's a, kind of using it like a journal, expressing my feelings, or am I doing it for validation? And am I doing it to get people to like me more? Am I doing it just, yeah, um, because other people want me to do? So I really have to, like, question myself when I'm posting a video, why am I doing this? Am I doing this for fun or I'm doing it because I feel bad about myself? Um, And just like learning that, yeah, like I'm going to lose followers. I'm going to lose this. I'm going to lose that. And that's okay because like I, I am my own person. And also like I wouldn't have been able to learn all these things about body positivity and um, marginalized bodies and being in a bigger body and how to live the quality of life without social media. So it's like, it's like, 
it's like darkness and madness and beauty in a storm, like all of that in one. Um, and I've, I've talked to my friends, like they've seen a change in me, like a not a very, they've seen a really positive one, but also a negative one where like it gets sucked in. So it's both, like it's both so positive and like I'm going to continue to do it. But also it is like, I need to take a step back and um, do what's best for me. Cause in the end, I got my own back and no one else has my back. And that's like, people do have my back, but like I, at the end of the day, I have me and that's it. Mm -hmm. So basically like summing up uh, of what you're saying is that social media is a useful and powerful tool to talk about fatness uh, uh, when you, when you're doing it from your acceptance, right? When you know, uh, and you want to voice out your feelings and help others in their process of learning and acknowledging, right? Of, of helping others to get out of, from, from this ignorance, uh, like myself right now, right? These conversations help me to learn more and to be more aware and to also hold myself responsible for, for for previous actions but but not from like staying in the past or like pointing out like what I have done but to learn and to um, correct my behavior uh, when I'm addressing this issue right so so social media is indeed could be a very dangerous uh, platform a very dangerous uh tool um, but it's also a very positive way because it can help you uh, get reach out to hundreds and in, in your in your case hundreds of, of, of people right you almost have like one million um, followers so so that's powerful right and you you do have a lot to say from your experience um, but like yes but how can you how do you deal with that what are how do you put yourself like limits on on this like relationship let's say between you and and your social media that this question comes up a lot um and especially with myself it comes up in the terms of like well i mean i have to be in a good headspace when i go on do live streams if i'm in a bad headspace people are going to sense it and they are going to come after my vulnerability so taking a break. Um, definitely, especially with someone who struggles with mental health issues, breaks are definitely needed from social media. Um, compassion, definitely hundred percent compassion and trusting the process, like knowing yourself and knowing what's good for you and trusting your gut that like, um, you know, what's best. And if it's telling me to stop, then I need to stop. Otherwise something worse is going to happen. Um, or things are going to explode. So I need to stop before that happens. Um, just in terms of like me getting too obsessive with me not being good enough and me, like this is stuff I felt, felt all my life. And now that I actually have a voice for it, I don't want to let it go. But in order for me to have that voice, I need to let it go sometimes, not like completely, but just for my own sanity um so compassion that positive self-talk taking breaks um reaching out to friends definitely a big one have your support group that you um reach out to when you're not you're just not feeling it or you need to discuss something with them because like i can like they've saved my ass countless times like just by like 
being there to vent to. And they'll tell me if I'm wrong or right, which is awesome. Yeah, and in terms of, of that support group, which I think is important, right? You just mentioned, um, but it's not easy, right? Especially for families who are with you or with who are in this process, witnessing this process. It's not easy, especially with like what we have just been discussing, like the there's not enough information, right? There's a lot of taboo. Uh, people do not talk about this much um, and and it's more limited to diet or like to nutrition thing uh, but there are other aspects that are left behind right so so what are these resources or recommendations that you can provide to families or to someone or like friends or someone who who has a family member a friend that that is struggling with 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 fatness and and it's also struggling with the exclusion of these estrangement that 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 fat people feel in in our society nowadays um it's a really tough one because my family is both great and also toxic at the same time just because of their learned behaviors of what society has taught us about fat phobia so I need to be very careful with them very very careful but also they love me no matter what and they're there for me and they provide support so it's like how do I define that line of like well you're wrong that's okay I'm still gonna love you anyways um and in terms of like support doesn't always have to be your family like I've gotten more support from random strangers on the internet, sometimes in my own family. It's, it's what you feel you need to be heard. Um, that's my one piece of advice. Um, I, I haven't done a lot of readings with this, but I can provide books. Um, I'll, I'll send you a link to them after um, about like embracing the body you're in and like podcasts. Like um, There's like the Fat Lip podcast and She's All That Fat. Um, would be two of the podcasts that I would recommend listening to for women and men. Um, I haven't come across that. Men also need the support too. Um, it's it's this, everybody. This gender gap also plays yeah. an important role in this topic. Right? Um, I forget. It's someone by Sabrina something. I don't know. It's like embracing my black body. Mm -hmm. And it's basically a book about how um, her body was rooted in racism for being fat. Um, so that's definitely an interesting read. Um, I'll have to send you some links just because from me doing my own research too. Um, but my one thing is like your family doesn't always have to be the number one support. Um, they're, they're definitely a huge support in my life, but they're also very toxic at sometimes because of the way society has taught us to treat fat people. So it's tough. It's really tough. And, and now we're talking about the support and right? the family, friends, of course, they're very important because they're with you. Right. Um, but however, like in terms of the of the state support uh, from the social care system, in your experience, like what do you think about the approaches that the government, in this case the Canadian government, has had in your in your process? Like, how do you feel about the social care that you have received 
during all these years that you've been struggling with this illness and with with yeah with all this process um terribly um i have been scarred for life um countless times um i was pressured to have weight loss surgery um i was pressured to at 13 and also to go on a starvation diet that was monitored by doctors i've been put on adhd medication when i was six and told that like i was gonna be obese when i was freaking six years old like how am i supposed to know that that's gonna happen um i was stuffed with pills and and weight loss and weight loss and none of it worked so now i'm dealing with the aftermath of all of that um i can't really blame them even though in like not logically i do because like i wouldn't have been in this mess mm -hmm. um but yeah you guys screwed up um and my only wish is that you see that you've screwed up and start treating people based on their health not based on what you determine their health is mm -hmm. um again i'm gonna say it again lazy medicine is literally diagnosing someone based on their weight like we need to do better um i do have a great family doctor who listens and she's amazing um but that took like humiliation and tears and groveling to get to where i'm at why do I have to put up with this? We're supposed to have free universal health care. That's not free universal health care. Um, and if you see someone who's clearly struggling with their weight, like put it on the back burner. Let them be okay with themselves first and then come to terms with their weight. Because before losing weight, you need to love yourself because and if you do hate, why are you spending the whole time hating yourself for what? And then if you lose the weight and you gain it back, how is that helpful? Like, how is that helpful for me to go on a diet and just to gain it back? That's what the diet industry wants. I'm talking in circles, but yeah. Um, treat patients in spite of their weight. And yes, weight does cause some factors but there's also factors that are just bias based on what the media says um and yeah i think coming up with solution ba based approaches is definitely in need um i haven't seen any yet and that's this is someone who's has a lot of medical connections and i haven't seen any of them so and we need to break that stereotype because it's just not the case anymore. And there are, there is in other countries stuff being done. And I'm sure there's stuff in Canada being done, but it's not good enough. People are still dying. Like we have to do better. Um, and I'll be damned if I sit here and do nothing about it. Um, I will sp continue to speak my mind until something is done. Or if it's not, at least I said something. So yeah, like from your experience, like social care approach is short-sighted, right? And, and it's invasive in that it forces the, the individual to undergo a number of diets and surgeries, which, yes, as you said, uh, there is a standard medical processes, like the procedures, uh, to like, quote unquote, like help 
fat people to to become more healthy, right? However, it shouldn't be dramatic, right? They, the government, uh, the social care system should offer a more holistic approaches um, and a variety of of alternatives, right? Uh, in which the individual or the patient—I don't like to call it like that—but you know, like the person who, who's there, right? The 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 body itself that is there. Um, it's part of the solution, right? It's not listening and doing it, but like participating in what that person subjectively um, knows it's better for 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 himself or for herself, right? So, it this is definitely um, an amazing like message and a very powerful message uh, for today's conversation, which is uh, we need to advocate for a more inclusive and um, holistic approach um, I mean for in how the government approaches uh, fatness and and I, again this is the the wrong word right but the uh, visit as, as the medical uh, world understands it exactly we deserve to be represented regardless of what health determinants um, we may face because um, that's just not fair anymore never was fair. But it's 2020. Like, we we got to get a grip. And if if you do want people to lose weight, this is not it. This is not the way that it should be happening. At least in my mind. I don't know about anybody else. In my mind, I'm, I don't want to be traumatized anymore. I would like to develop a healthy relationship with food and my body and moving my body, however that may look like. Evan, it's not to your standards, and you can fuck off. I'm sorry for the swearing, but I'm very passionate about it. I'm very passionate about this issue. <laughs> like, don't be in my life. Like, I don't have any, like, I don't have space for you. Like, you don't have space for me being fat. I don't have space for you being a bully. Like, it goes both ways. Like, if you really want to help me, then listen to what I'm saying. If you truly value my opinion, if not, I don't have time anymore. Well, and we're getting to the the end of this podcast. Sadly, it's been a very interesting conversation, uh, Jamie. Uh, just to, I just want to ask you, like, if you had a chance to speak with the the Jamie ten years ago, what would you say to her? Oh gosh, like it gets better. Like you don't have to change for what you feel like what other people might want you to be like, like still shit right now, but at least you, you get to be your own person and you get to fight for something that you've so long to fight for, like something like believing in yourself and just like, it gets better. It's shit, but it gets better. Um, Just keep, keep trekking and keep advocating for yourself. That's beautiful, Jamie. And thank you. Thank you very much uh, for sharing with us all these experiences, all your knowledge uh, on this topic uh, that it's not very, it's not very 
much like we don't talk about this much on, on our daily days and i think it's it's very important right um and and again this podcast uh, was made with the hope that it can become a cornerstone of more debates regarding fatness and plus size bodies is just to be one like another to to join forces of other so many others that are also talking about these and trying to advocate for more um, for more inclusivity on for for fat bodies for plus size bodies or for um marginalized bodies which i think is a very very interesting concept that i will read more about it and that would be one of my assignments after this podcast and, and as you said we we all have the right to to leave this experience in this world in this planet without any restrictions let alone let alone like moral restrictions that are founded on prejudices or or misinformation right i mean and it's not only to talk and listen to more about this or like reading and learning more about this topic but it's also to have a more active role uh, as citizens in how we ask and how we demand to the governments to have a more holistic approach to be to implement more inclusive policies more inclusive um programs and social care um that deal that offer treatments that actually respond to the issues and, and to the to the person right to all the needs that the person has not only from the nutritional perspective or the medical perspective but also from the social sciences how can we all from different disciplines uh, help to to stop this exclusion and to stop this estrangement that marginalized bodies um, have to deal with every single day of their lives yeah like there has to be some sort of policy when it comes to treating someone in a bigger body i don't know it's very all new to me so like i'm just trying to form my own reality let alone like other people's but yes there does need to be a new policy in place like some kind of letter or like a policy change in government or like solution-based practices. There's a lot that needs to be done. And this is like only the beginning of the conversation, but I can acknowledge at least there is being a conversation being had and that's huge. Well, Jamie, thank you in capital letters. I do appreciate all your time, uh, your stories, your personal experience that you brought here to this podcast might be not an easy thing for you especially to put you in the spotlight but, but definitely your your personal experience and all these conversations these questions that we have tried to explore uh, at least um, gives give us some hints on how can we be more active and how can we start creating or start like stopping the exclusions that fat people live in yeah, in, in our present, we have a historical debt to help marginalized bodies to be included, to have a life experience uh, with no boundaries whatsoever, um, especially not because of a physical condition, right? And it's urgent, and that's what I take with me. It is urgent to put these conversations of marginalized bodies and how the 
let's say the governments and the social care system and the mainstream is treating overweight people, plus size bodies. We need to create a more holistic approaches. We need to be more inclusive and more, um, let's say, acknowledging on how we design and implement policies to help people struggle with the illness, um, but also to the acceptance and also to just enjoy life, no matter your color, no matter your religion, no matter the size of your body, right? Yeah. Well, I'm happy to educate anyone that's like willing to learn too. So it's not even that like, like you're even helping me knowing that there's people out there that, that are it's worth talking with like some people are just a write-off and there's no point um but it's worth it to me to know that I can change people's perspectives um for the better and sometimes I can be wrong like I'm not I'm not all right but I do know from I do know what's right from my own experience and that's all I can do is share my own experience And well, Jamie, before I let you go, I know many people uh, are going to be very interested in contacting you to discuss further this, what we have just discussed here. So um, how can people find you on social media or what is the best way to contact you? My Instagram account is jwisberg18. TikTok, there's just too many people. Like, I don't get TikTok messaging. Like, I just don't understand it. Um, but my email is, um, I'll type it in the chat. I'll type it to you after, but it's jamiewisberg3 at gmail.com. Anytime, like I'm always here for an ear or like questions or like whatever I'm here. Um, yeah. And definitely having another conversation about this. I'm always open to it. Well, this is the end of this podcast, but definitely not of this conversation. So if you like this podcast and you want to help us spread the word, share it with your friends, your family, your colleagues, anyone who you know is interested in taking part of this conversation. Bye now.